Hello and welcome to the Neighbour Food Podcast. My name is Jack. And I'm Jolene. Yes, and today is a, um, a very different version of our podcast, no? What's going on, Jolene? It most certainly is. Today, for the first time, we did a live podcast in front of a live audience as part of Cork's new food festival. But before we get into what this festival is about, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, I'm really, really sorry that I wasn't able to be there for this. Today, you chatted to Yasmin Hyde. So she's the founder of Ballymaloo Foods, which, by the way, if you don't know what Ballymaloo Foods are, they are most famous for their relish, which you'll find in all shops across Ireland and quite a few shops around the world. Mm -hmm. She's also the daughter of Irish food hero Myrtle Allen. And she came to you today to share her fascinating story of how she got a very artisan jar um, into so many different countries. Absolutely. And not only that, we talked about her childhood, what a huge inspiration her mother has been, who of course is Irish food hero Myrtle Allen. She told us the story of those first jars of relish, the early years of her business, working with the family business and how Ballymaloo Foods has progressed into what it is today. Can you tell us a little bit about the Cork on a Fork Food Festival, Jolene? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a new food festival. It's a five-day event. It's running right at the end of August. This will be an annual event. It's got lots of stuff going on from long tables, street dinners, lots of experiences, food trails, masterclasses, street events, food talks, cooking demos, and for the first time, a live podcast. <laughs> so here we go. This is Yasmin Hyde of Ballymaloo Foods, and this conversation took place in the Crawford Art Gallery, which is right in the middle of Cork City Centre as part of the Cork on a Fork Food Festival. Um, so folks, thank you everybody for, for coming today and for joining us for our very first live podcast recording. This is quite exciting. Normally it's myself and Jack Crotty. We co-host the Neighbour Food podcast together and it's all about Irish food. So we focus a lot on artisans, small producers, what's happening um, in the Irish food space and basically just talk about topical uh, issues and more importantly really interesting guests. So I am delighted and really privileged that Yasmin Hyde um, has taken some time out from her holiday to come and chat to us today. So thank you very much. Thank you um, for having me. It's great to have you here. <laughs> so as you all know, Yasmin is the founder of Ballymaloo Foods and also the daughter of Myrtle and Ivan Allen. And what people might not know, though, is the significance of this building and mm. in particular to your family. That's so right. perhaps that might be a great yeah, place to start. Yeah. Well, my great grandfather's Henry and Arthur Hill uh, mm. were asked to design the extension to this building. It was once a custom house okay. here because I think the river came all the way inside here at one stage. And it was originally a customs house and it was decided obviously to change its use to an art school. And they were asked to to commission, they were commissioned to design the extension okay. to it at that time. So the so. extension was with which part? Just when we came in the door, is yeah, it? Yeah, the, the main part of the larger part of the building. Okay. You know, and that was yeah. in 1884. So. Right, yeah. okay. Because I know that extension that's down mm. that part of Emmet, Emmet Place, that's that's a pretty new um, yeah. extension. Yes, it is. But this was back in the 18... Yes, 18. exactly. Yeah. So your grandfather and your great-grandfather. Yeah, that's correct, yes. Amazing. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's another special yeah, well, there too. is. I, I really don't know how it came about, but my we decided as a family maybe to open up a little restaurant here. Okay. And in 86, my sister, my younger sister, Fern, was sort of given the job of 
opening it up and running it, which she did for a number of years. Right. And it, you know, I think it was very popular. It was, yeah. it was good. It, she, it, she lasted until and she got married or whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> and then it all went to custard. We're talking the little Crawford Gallery yes, Cafe, which right. is just next door to that's here. That's correct. Um, yes. Unfortunately, it's just closed, to, right. which is yes, sad news, but indeed, it has yeah. had a very long yeah, association. We had various people took it over and took over the running of it. And we were, haven't been directly involved for the last few years, mm. um, but it, it, whatever has yeah. happened, it's closed now. Anyway, I don't know. Anything about this it. is life, but it got off to an amazing start. Yeah. So your mum was Myrtle Allen. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think she's a lady really that needs absolutely no introduction. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe I suppose for people who don't know about her, she has been, I suppose, widely portrayed as the matriarch of Irish food, hugely influential, like has inspired generations of home cooks, chefs, um, married your dad, a farmer, mm. quite a progressive farmer, I would say as well, mm -hmm. and started um, the restaurant in Ballymaloo House. Can you kind of maybe tell us a little bit about your upbringing? What was it like actually having that well, kind of surrounding. I'll tell you what, um, I mean, it, it, it was very nice until we opened up the restaurant. Oh, yeah. it was like, I mean, loads of freedom and loads of fields and big long avenue up to that house. And obviously it was a big house. It was expensive to kind of mm. keep right. We used to rent out half the house actually to, to families during the summer before we ever opened the restaurant. Um, I was about uh, 10, when, 9, 10, when my mother did open the restaurant. Previous to that, she had been writing articles for the Farmer's Journal mm. and she, was, she would write an article each week on a cookery recipe or whatever. Mm. And I, I remember, um, you know, she'd spend an af afternoon or a morning, uh, she'd have the recipe, but she'd cook that recipe again to make sure everything was right and she'd got all the measurements right. And we would be given the food then to eat. Okay. And, uh, and allowed comments. Quality on control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. um, it, and from there then, um, from there then she she wanted to open a restaurant and she had this idea that she'd open it somewhere in Shanigarry or yeah. not in, actually in the house, but uh, my father persuaded her to actually open it up in the house. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's a long, long story of building up a business from a very small base. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, like any working mother that's trying to sort of mind their children and work, yeah. it's not easy. No. Um, and particularly all her work, her main, what well, she worked all day, but then she worked all evening in the mm, restaurant. Yep. And we went a bit wild because, you know, what do you do? You know, your, your, your mom and your dad, my yep. dad was serving the wine, she was cooking and they had lots of help. Yeah. But we had nobody to mind us okay. in the evening. And how and many kids were there? Six. Six. Six, yeah. Brilliant. And I was 10. <laughs> my younger sister was, was only a toddler. And I used to spend a lot of time actually just minding her, you okay. know, and, the, and yeah. pushing her to bed and things so like that. So where do you fall in that category then? Are you in the I'm older? Fifth. You're the fifth. I'm fifth, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So they were a bit hectic years, but what could you do about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And then it was in our home, which I think I've often wondered, you know, should you be working in the home or should you be working outside the home? And at least we were all there together, yeah. you know, yeah. which yeah. we were in the house. And then, of course, they started doing up the bedrooms. Mm. 
And we had a lovely bedroom looking out over the front of the house. And of course, our bedrooms were the first to go. Okay, you know? of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they do up a room and we'd be moved on to the next room and then they'd do up another room. Everything happened slowly and steady because they hadn't the money yeah. to go and yeah. lash out and do everything just yeah. at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and of course, um, we started working then as soon as we could do anything. We started working mm. in the restaurant. My brothers, my sisters, we were all given jobs. We'd mm. have our tea at six o'clock in the evening. And then we were all sent off to our different posts, you know, yeah. whether it was waiting in the dining rooms, serving drinks in the bar. Absolutely. You know, I think so. that's that's one of the very special and unique traits of being in a family yeah. business is that you can't escape yeah. the work. That's for sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Could you tell us maybe about one of your earliest food memories from that time? Well, one of my nicest food memories is eating fresh mackerel. Okay. The, the day it was caught. Mm. I don't think you can beat that, you mm. know. But then my mother made lots of lovely dishes. Like she had lovely recipes for chicken pie mm. and mm. Oh, good, real wholesome, lovely mm. food and Irish stew or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, she had... We had the, the, you know, we had stuffed mussels. We had wonderful shellfish. You, in those days, you could you could catch your own shrimps in Ballycotton Harbour, which we did. Amazing. You know, um, and and periwinkles and number yeah. great patience for all this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? And obviously, instilled that sense that you know local fresh produce yeah. was really really great. I suppose, and this was at a time when Irish food wasn't really considered to, to maybe a bit inferior to what what you could get elsewhere wasn't it yeah well yeah. one of her sort of reasons she did or gave herself her confidence i suppose to go ahead and open a restaurant is she said i can serve better food that's being served here there or where else mostly say cork hotels at the time you know okay. she said i can do it better than them so i'm going to go and do it you know what well, i mean right. you know yeah yeah what of her philosophies then have kind of like really resonated with you and lived with you over the years i think attention to detail and just try to do it right mm. do everything right you know okay. in other words do everything to the to the best you can, you know, and Does to look at. Does perfectionism stress you out then as well, or is it okay? Like, Does it what? Does perfectionism then stress uh, you out then? I take perfection. <laughs> well, I well, I actually I followed it. I'd like to think I followed it, okay. but there are times when you have to, sort of, for economical reasons, maybe you have to or whatever. You know, you have to run a business today. You have to be desperately efficient to make it all work. But that doesn't mean that you have to forego good yeah, quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So do you think that her philosophies would have influenced your business decisions Definitely. then as well? Definitely. Could you give us an example maybe? Of well, that? even looking after staff. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to, my parents loved their staff. You know, they were there to help, but they were all there to help each other. Okay. And, and the, the, the staff worked with my parents. They, my mother was you know, up to her eyes in the kitchen and the staff were equally the same, yeah. you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, there was nothing, no such thing as pointing a finger at somebody, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and um, they built the business together. We had a lot of good local staff, which is well, because 
my mother, she didn't really want to bring in a tra trained chefs as mm. such because they were doing she, they were doing things the way she didn't really want them to do it. Let's okay. say she yep. wanted them to do it her way. Mm -hmm. So she she educated a lot of young people living all in the cottages around mm. us when there wasn't much employment mm. locally, you know. And she taught them how to cook, yeah. and they were the best cooks. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. it is amazing, yeah. really. Yeah. 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 So one of the things I associate immediately when I think of Ballymaloo foods is the famous relish, mm -hmm. the jar of Ballymaloo mm -hmm. relish. I don't think there's a supermarket in the world that you can't go and you <laughs> well, don't see Ballymaloo relish. There's a few them all right. <laughs> <laughs> could you tell us where where would I get? Where would be the furthest place oh, in the world no. that I could possibly get a jar then, maybe, of Ballymaloo Well, you should be able to pick one up in Australia and in the west coast of America, <laughs> but there won't be too many around. <laughs> that's It'd be pretty, hard to find. That's they pretty cool. They might be there, but they'd yeah, be hard to yeah. find. From New York to East Cork. Yeah. Um, tell us the story of that time, that, that, those first jars of relish. I mean, obviously, it must have been a favourite recipe of yours. How did it come about? How did you start making it? Give us a little insight into that. Well, it was a thought process that I went through for a couple of years, say. Okay. And I wanted to do something. My children were small. Um, they all wanted to go show jumping. Okay. And I kind of said, well, look, I'd like to be able to contribute to the family and come and have my bit of your own hmm. independence and all the rest of it. And my mother, of course, had always worked, so I said, surely I can do something, mm. you know what I mean? So, um, so then I was wondering what would I do, and through a series of just thinking, I knew this product, we had been making it for many, many years in Ballymaloo. We just used to make it at one time of the year when the tomatoes had ripened and mm. maybe there was a glass of them and that. And I knew it kept very well. Um, I knew it was very versatile, mm. you know. It had a lot of things kind of going for it. Mm. So I decided that I would start making this product and try to sell it. That's it. Very simple. Okay. <laughs> and, and was the reaction kind of positive in this? Were they like, go and do it? Um, I had my own mind made up. I didn't right. ask too many people, you know. <laughs> you know, if I had, I, they probably told me I'm daft. I didn't, I sort of had my mind made up. Okay. And again, I started in a very small way yeah. because that was the only way I could start. I actually, um, I sort of, I got good, um, I went, I, I borrowed bits and pieces of money from various banks. I got um, a porter cabin put in my garden. Wow. And that's okay. what I, that's where I started for five years. Okay. Yeah. I read as well that you were driving around in a ladder car right. delivering to <laughs> supermarkets right. and things. Yes. That is brilliant. Did you do farmer's markets as well at that no, time? No, never did. There weren't many farmer's markets around in those days. Okay. You know, now, you know, I was very much a Monday to Friday person as right. well because yeah. I had my kids. I, I, did, I don't think I would have chosen to stand in a market on a Saturday okay. morning because, yeah. you know, I, I was a five-day-week person. I had to be. Yeah. Like, you have to cut it short at some yeah. stage. Yeah. And I always had somebody employed. I, the first year, I had a girl through FOSS at okay. the time. Yeah. And uh, these government... AIDS have been wonderful, mm. wonderful all the way. Mm. You know, all these little things can make, there's a very thin line between success and failure. Yeah. And all the, any little bit of help you can get along the way is wonderful. Mm. Like the South Cork Enterprise Board, Absolutely. wonderful. Yeah. 
We now work with Enterprise Ireland. Brilliant. And it makes, you know, it really is helpful, you yeah. know. And it's great if then, you know, you can be successful because you're justifying their decisions to yeah. go with you. So there's, there's a lot hanging there, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't yeah. want to let yeah. anyone yeah. down. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So I'm trying to picture this. You're, you're involved in the family business mm. at home in Ballymaloo House. You're, you're set it up in your porta cabin outside. Mm. Was you, You're definitely going to do it. It's, it's your decision. Off you go. What, like, what was it like leaving this family business and starting up your own? What was that like? Um, I had a few years in between. Okay. I spent five years in the racehorse industry. Did you? I did. Uh -huh. <laughs> we won't go there now. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that one now. <laughs> I kept that a secret. Yeah, you kept that one a secret. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was actually yeah. always keen on horses, okay. you see. Yeah. And um, I, by accident, I actually mm. went to help out friends in the Swan family in Tipperary. Mm. And from there, I went to the car. I spent a few years in the car, and I went on to France. And I, okay. you know, yeah. I sort of. So the entrepreneurial streak was always there, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I enjoyed it. I loved it, yeah. you know, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. 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 So Good. there was a bit of a gap, yeah. you know, before I, mm. you know. And did your, did your family give you any kind of um, bits of advice or anything when you were starting out? You know what? You wouldn't want to listen to me. <laughs> I'd say the same about my family. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, they, they tried to, let's they say. They tried to, yeah. yeah, they yeah, tried. yeah but yeah. I was, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And I, yeah. was, I was confident that I had a good product. And then if you start small, you can find your way along. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Yeah. important. And looking know. back at it now, is there any advice that you would per perhaps give yourself? Well... Um, you will make mistakes, you'll invest in the wrong machinery, you'll, um, and hindsight, of course, is grand. Mm. Um, I would, you know, what I would say maybe to other people is if you're looking for something to do, mm. um, you know, look for something, a service or a product you can improve on, mm. you know, and there are opportunities there for people, you know, yeah. to to sort of do something, you know, see something, so well, I can do a better job, just like mm. what, my, the way my mother started yeah. or anything, yeah. you know. Find your niche, yeah. go for it. That's right, yeah. Work hard. And work hard and, and do it right, you know, okay. and be open-minded like, to, uh, to new recipes, new ideas, new ways people cook, yeah. you know, listen. And don't be afraid to make mistakes, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so. What is Ballymaloo Foods like now? Obviously, you can get the, the jars, we know, in mm. Australia, New York, and mm. God knows where else. But where are you based? What is your, your setup like now? Who's working with you? How many people mm. are there? We have approximately 35 people working wow. for us, yeah. Okay. Um, I have children in the business now, right. and I'm meant to be taught of taking things a bit slower. Okay. If I do, I'm quickly given a grandchild to mind, so I have <laughs> <laughs> to be careful about that. <laughs> so um, anyway, I've, I have three children and a daughter-in-law, okay. and, and they all have their own positions, which is good. Mm. They all have their own posts again, which they look after. Okay. And... Um, and, and it's good support for each other, mm. you know, I think it is good support, yeah. I mean, you know, and I think they they know they have more to gain from sticking together than falling out. Okay. And, the, and 
You know. My God, you need to give mentoring to family businesses, I think. <laughs> I can see my mother there in the audience looking down at me. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, yeah. So you are making not only this relish, but you've got a huge amount of different products as well. Um, there's mayonnaise, there's cranberry mm. sauce, there's apple sauce. Mm. There's, goodness me, how, how many different things are you making? We're making, I've never really counted them. And they all come a in lot. different sizes. Mint and jelly is another one. I couldn't. Yeah. But I, I suppose the product, I'm kind of in a little way the most proud of, well, since the relish, is the beetroot. Oh, go on, tell us yeah, about the beetroot. Yeah. Well, you know what? We were losing a whole load of industries in Ireland at one stage. We're probably still losing them. But anyway, okay. we used to buy, to buy our glass in Dublin, Irish mm. glass. We used to buy our vinegar in Dublin through Nestle, had a plant up mm. there. We used to buy Irish sugar, mm. you know, and other things. And they all sort of went, all suddenly we're importing yeah. all those things now. Yeah. And I was saying to myself, you know, what can we actually grow in Ireland? I mm. mean, even for the tomato, the relish, we have to import tomatoes for it. So what can we grow in Ireland? And I came up with the idea of beetroot, mm. okay? And um, I said, okay, you know, we'll have a go with the beetroot. Mm. And um, I needed a farmer to grow with the beetroot. And I was going in the back door to Super Value in Middleton one day, and I met a, a farmer coming out, coming in behind me with beautiful vegetables. Mm. And I just handed him my business card, and I said, look, would you be interested in growing beetroot for me? I didn't know who he was, okay. whether he'd one acre or 20 acres or 200 acres. Wow. So okay. he grew the beetroot for us for about five or six years. Wow. Yeah, okay. and he had to wash it by hand, he had to pick it by hand. Um, we've moved on now to a larger farmer with okay. farm machinery and all okay. that. Okay. But, um, and we didn't know what we were doing, really. Mm. You know, I mean, we were literally, we'd have a bucket of beetroot and we'd have to dip the jar into it to fill it. Now, we've moved on enormously yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah. And it's, I, I, it's selling very well. It's, it's great. It's, it's taking on all the imported beetroot products. You know, Fabulous. it's sitting up there in the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. competing with them. Yeah. I like to have things as well priced economically enough. Hmm. You know, I, we were never, we, we actually, my heart is trying to get the products onto the shelves as reasonable as we possibly can yep. because we want people to be able to afford to go back and buy them every week yep. sort of thing, yep. you know. Yep. And, and it's a balancing act yep. to try and get it out at the right price it goes to the distributor, it goes to the shopkeeper, yeah. you know. There's a lot of difficult things yeah. that you have to juggle yeah, there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you have to be highly efficient in yeah. what you do, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Interesting. What do you think has been the best um, business decision that you've ever made? I think investing. Okay. I think investing. We've always invested. We've always tried to do better. We've always tried to get better cookers, newer cookers. Um, newer premises okay. where, um, you know, we've moved about three times. We're ready to move again now, you right. know, because the kitchen has got investing. You just okay. have to keep... You have so to investing think. in your business, investing yeah. in your people? Yeah. Investing in other businesses? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're <laughs> fine on their own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, and I think as well, just concentrating on what you do and we're not introducing too many different products okay. that require different, different machinery, say, filling equipment. I mean, the beetroot, 
is completely different yeah. filling systems yeah. and that's been a big investment then again we did it actually over a few years okay. and we're still investing in yeah. it you know yeah. we're still upgrading um improving yeah. you know now my son does all that He's, okay you know mm. so i think that's the best thing you have to go with mm. it you know mm. you have mm. to have confidence mm. And then you do your daily costings. I've always been very insistent. We do da daily costings every day. We might do them at the end of the week, but we see, you know, what does it cost? Because the days, they can be similar, but they can be very different. Mm. We can be doing different, we can be doing maybe two different products one day, one project another day, depending on the capacity and the flow. Mm. We might be doing three products. We have different levels of staff in and mm. out. and Every day, I'd say for the last, I don't know how long, we do our daily costings. At the, we know, you know, I call it, you know, um, I call it profit or loss. You know, okay. profit or loss. Did we win or did yeah. we lose? And you have to know, I've never depended on anyone else to tell me whether I'm making money or not. Okay. We do it with our own lay team staff yeah. in the office. We know exactly, you know, we have the figures there yeah, yeah. and we know ourselves. We're not depending on someone else to tell us mm. whether we're making money or not, you mm. know. Mm. And sometimes the bank will say, oh, yeah, or your accountant. Oh, yeah, you made a lot of profit there last year. And you say, well, where is it? I know, <laughs> you're looking but that's because you've invested it, it all back in, you see. <laughs> where is it? You know, yeah. you're looking at your, your, the bottom line. Yeah. I don't see it there. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you have to make profit, obviously. I mean, Absolutely. Well, that, that's business, profit. isn't it? Otherwise, you just go under. You know, yeah. can't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. And um, so your kids are working in the business mm. now. Do you see them kind of... Um, Maybe perhaps taking it over when you uh, I, retire. I, I do. I mean, if they haven't already. Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> they have their own ideas, and I let them off. Okay. Yeah, I let them off. You yeah, know. that's good. Yeah. So you've got Maxine, your daughter, and mm. who else is there? Your son. Uh, I've Sean works in production, kind okay. of on the, on the production floor, which is really what I did all yeah. my life. I was. I'm not a very um, officey person, you know. Okay. He's on the, so. And then I've another daughter that's a, that she has other qualifications, qualified vet, and she has a little bit of veterinary. She's a surgeon. Brilliant. And she works in the factory a little bit, Brilliant. you know. Brilliant. And, uh, and then our daughter-in-law, Linda, okay. is very, very good. She's good. got, yeah, good. yeah. That's great. Um, so I, I guess your, your, your family at home would have been a huge influence for you um, when you were younger. And I guess that that legacy has lived through. Is there anybody these days that is kind of creating a big influence on you or perhaps inspiring you in what you're doing? It's more the big brands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like, I mean, Barry's Tea, look mm. at it, look how successful it is. Yeah. You know, um, and other big brands. I, I like to follow those brands, I would. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like to follow them? Because they've managed to dominate where they are, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're putting yourself up there in the domination space? Well, I, I don't see why not. I <laughs> love it. It might not ever happen. But, but, uh, Jasmine, you mean, you mean business. This keep is great. Trying. This yeah, is great. You know. And um, how do you see the future of Ballymaloo Foods then 
happening? Like, we're going mm. for world domination, but what does it look like? Well, it's not world domination, <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, it's actually extremely hard to sell in an overseas supermarket yeah. because nobody knows what you are. They never, even what is Ballymaloo relish? Like, yeah. what is it? We don't know. If you're out in another country, you don't know what it is. Yeah. So you're, you know, you won't chance your few bob in it. Exactly. Because you won't know. Yeah. And the promotion is too expensive. Um, we do a nice little bit of food service, all mm. right, to to um, to Holland and to Germany. We do mm. a nice little mm. bit, and to UK. Lovely. UK, our food service is easier mm. because you have somebody trying to sell your product to the restaurants, mm. and you know, but retail is quite difficult. Okay. Yeah, and you have to be careful that you wouldn't be wasting a lot of money trying to go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. So folks, we have about five or 10 minutes left. Um, I'd like to invite anybody from the audience who has any questions, perhaps. Um, what? Or did, did we answer them all? <laughs> no. I'd just like to confirm that I was in Brisbane three weeks ago and you were on Oh, <laughs> did a tear come to your eye? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good to hear. Thank you very much. Nichols, yeah. Yeah. Nichols. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. I'm delighted. Good. Good to hear that. It's good to hear yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other questions, William? I was just wondering, do you think there's more opportunities now for people starting food businesses like yours, given the proliferation of farmers' markets and the growing appreciation of supermarkets are all wanting to support producers? Like, is that. Is that, is that helping or is there, you know, like, I suppose, just how is the environment? I think, I think that's wonderful. I think it's mm. a huge help. And you know what? We've disgraced the supermarkets over time because they didn't want any local products. They didn't want, they just wanted the big lorries coming in with the well-known brands, you know. And um, I think there's been a great turn. However it happened, I'm not quite sure. Mm. Um, and this, of course, the buyers can still be very tough to deal with, you know. Mm. Um, uh, but um, I think there's a lot more openness and opportunity and people wanting to... Not, it, it shouldn't be really about just supporting your local. Mm. You should like your local. You know, mm. it should be better, it should be fresher, it, you know. Um, I mean, the, the people, the local producers have got to do a good job too, obviously, mm. otherwise they're not going to. So, but I think there's much better. I think the farmer's markets are a super way to start because it's, you know, you can do market research. Mm. If, like if somebody comes back every week and buys your product, well, that's, isn't that, you know, you've got something there. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just growing it then. You have to manage that carefully that you don't spoil the product as you grow, mm. you know. Anybody else, any questions? Do you have any stand-up moments over the years major challenges through recessions and all that stuff? Well, yes, the pandemic, I suppose, was a big thing because um, overnight we lost all our food service business, and, but our retail did grow substantially, obviously, because people were stopping the supermarkets instead of going out to the restaurants to eat. Um, it, was, it was a challenge, quite a challenge in the sense that um, our retail 
is it's, it's, it's different lines, it's much more labor intensive because you've got all these little jars going along, whereas food service, you have a bucket to fill, you know. Mm. It's quite more labor intensive. And then you had all this thing about COVID mm. rummaging around and you didn't know what was really going to happen. You know, you didn't know where all your staff going to go down with it. You didn't know, yeah. you didn't know what was around the yeah. corner. You didn't know whether you should tell some staff to stay at home in case you needed them yeah. for another time if your other staff got sick. Um, and it was, but thank goodness our staff rose to the occasion. We had very, very, very few people out at any mm. stage. They all, yeah. and we, I mean, we did our, you know, we had to separate all the sort of the canteen tables, things like that. Not very easy to separate when you're all in a kitchen cooking. And mm. but you know, they were wonderful. And yeah. in fairness, we didn't, you know, we managed to keep healthy and keep going, keep yeah. working. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was a change. No, it was a little. A it was. Change. It was certainly a big yeah. change. Yeah. 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 Any other questions there from the audience? Anything online, Dan? Um, well, we've, we've had a good audience through it, um, and I just left a comment there if anybody wants to be questioned nothing so far. Super. Um, so I have a question. <laughs> if, um, if you had your time again, would you do it all again? I would. Now, obviously, you. I would. Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah. I would. Um, obviously, with hindsight, you'd know what to do. Yeah. I mean, you have to learn as you go along, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if you if you had to start again, I suppose you'd know you know you'd know the routes to take. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. if you were reincarnated as as anything, what would you be? <laughs> <laughs> or anybody? <laughs> or any profession or career? I didn't know. Pick that, pick that magic wand. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I think actually just having a job is great. Yeah. Having having to have a challenge, even though sometimes the challenges can be daunting, yeah. but having a challenge, I think, is a great thing for anyone, mm. you know? And rising to that challenge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. I said, there's a thin line between success and failure, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think having a challenge, you know, you get up in the morning and you say, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that, and, you know, and I've got to drop the children to school and pick them up and you know yeah. you've got to yeah. and you've got to actually make it succeed mm -hmm. you know you've got to make it succeed otherwise it's not going to be succeed you know quite simple absolutely yeah. okay well i think we'll uh, we'll leave it at that um thank you very much yasmin for for giving us your time today um a huge thank you to um cork on a fork food festival as well supported by cork city mm -hmm. council and this um, podcast will be available um, on the Neighbour Food podcast and it's also on the social media streams. So thank you very much. You've been a lovely audience. <laughs> well done. So that was a complete pleasure to listen to. Thank you so much, Jolene, for doing that. And a massive, massive thanks to Yasmin Hyde for joining us. Um, if you would like to know more about Ballymaloo Foods, go to ballymaloofoods.ie. And finally, subscribe to our podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review or anything like that. We've actually been nominated for a few podcast awards this year. So um, any reviews or any more subscribes that we can get help with those. So thanks so much and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.